Hi there, welcome to the Causeway Coast Vineyard podcast. We are a church who are passionate about seeing the transformation of individuals and institutions in our city through the generations to see all things new in our community. We hope you enjoy this message. Good afternoon. We are four minutes into the afternoon. We hope you're having a great morning so far. Um, It is a pleasure to be with you to continue our series on miracles and parables. If this is your first time with us or you're visiting, fear not. It is called the series loosely, but each of these messages is designed um, for you to jump in on any week and join us. Um, I think we might have some people here from New Horizon this morning. Is anybody here? Yes, welcome. You're so welcome to be with us um, as you're part of that week here on the North Coast. We hope here the weather's meant to be great this week, so hopefully the weather forecast actually um, is true and we can rely on it this week. That'd be great. Um, But before um, we jump in, I I did feel like there's a couple of things um, that God was speaking to me about during the worship. Um, And so I'd just love to just take a moment and, and pray and just see what God wants to do. So wherever you are, if you just want to close your eyes and we're going to pray. Hmm. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Thank you for your presence that is here. Thank you for what you've already begun to do this morning. Hmm. One of the things I had sensed during the worship was, um, Joel touched on it a little bit, was just, you can keep your eyes closed in this moment, um, just about that hopelessness that feels like um, it has been gripping you. And you've started to feel hope again this morning, but you're a little bit scared um, of trusting God in this moment. Does that make sense to anybody? Is there anybody that is feeling that? If you wouldn't mind, just popping your hand. Everybody's eyes are closed, thank you. There's a couple of people putting their hands up, if that makes sense to you. I just want to pray for you in this moment. Thank you. I think there might be a few more. Just pop your hand up if that's you. I know that feels really scary. I'm not going to do anything scary. just want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. See you. Yeah, so just like that song says, you make the darkness tremble, you silence fear. God, we silence the voice of fear in this moment that would try to rob people of the hope that you have made available. Lord, we just pray right now that your presence would come where there is fear or like just that anxiety, whatever it is for that individual. Lord, that you would just come right now and bring your peace, peace that surpasses all all understanding. Right now, Lord, we give up our right to understand. We surrender our understanding so that we can embrace the gift of peace that you are making available in this moment that you have released this morning. We pray freedom over every person. Come, Holy Spirit, would you bring just a solidity to that word that you have released for hope? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit.
presence is here in this moment. He is moving across this room. If that is new for you, that might feel like just a piece that feels like a weight on your shoulder, but it feels like a good piece, if that makes sense. It feels good. I've cried a lot this morning because his presence has been moving on me. I cry when I encounter him. So you may feel like you want to cry or might begin to cry during this morning. I just want to encourage you. It's just the Holy Spirit. It's just God's presence and revealing himself to you this morning. And if you're at home this morning, you may be feeling that. There might be someone at home and you are, you're crying and you're unsure whether it's just a release from what you've been facing or whether it's God's presence. And I feel him just speak to you and say, why can't it be both? As you surrender those things that have caused pain in your heart, he wants to release his presence to you this morning. So if that makes sense to you online, you can let us know in the comments. We'd love to pray for you this morning. If you're encountering his presence, I want to encourage you that you can stay in that place. Don't feel like you have to look up at me. I won't be offended if you stay in that place of just encountering him. But as I was preparing to share this morning, um, I, I have been looking at a number of different miracles and parables over the last few weeks, trying to figure out, Lord, what do you want to say? And, and I also, when I'm trying to hear God's voice, I'm trying to look at like, what is he doing around me? What are some of the circumstances that I'm seeing themes in? And, and, and I'm starting to try and put together what might God be doing around us and in our culture? And one of the things, this word might make you feel a little bit sick because we've heard a lot, but it is this place of transition that we are sitting in and we have been coming out of it. One thing is for certain, we've all come out of that place of lockdown, of COVID and we're transitioning out of that. We're not there yet, but we are on our way, hopefully towards what does a post-COVID world look like. But in this last few weeks, I have sensed that we are actually, I know I'm going to make some of you nervous, I'm standing right on the edge, but that's actually where I feel like we're standing right now. We are on the edge of a new thing that God is about to do. And over the last few weeks, we have been hearing from Janet and from Joel, and they have been speaking about things that felt to me like, actually, there might be a bigger thing going on here than just our individual messages in this summertime, that actually God looks like he's preparing us for something greater that he wants to do. And so Janet spoke a few weeks ago about wineskins, about how we have to prepare our hearts for what it is that God is about to pour out. And so we want to have hearts that are ready for that thing, that are soft and malleable and ready for the new that God is wanting to pour into us. And then Joel spoke last week incredibly about how we learn to hear God's voice and then we're obedient to his voice and how we do that, how we continue to be obedient to what he's saying, even if it doesn't make sense. And so 
in those things, it feels like there's something that God might be up to. And I was preparing, my life feels like it's in a transition right now where it normally slows down in the summertime. I'm feeling this momentum that is building that one of the things really practically, I feel really tired all of the time and that's not normal for me. And so I pay attention to those things, those things that are telling me, God, it feels like you might be up to something. And so that word transition, I've been looking at it a lot. I've been trying to figure out what does that mean? What does that look like? And transition is a part of um, the labor process. It is part of giving birth to to a baby. And it is actually the last part of the process of labor. Um, But it is the most painful but it is also the most, the fastest part of that um, procedure or what you're going through when you give birth to a baby. And right now it feels like we are about to birth promises, things that we have been contending for, waiting for, that this last two years, three years, five years have felt so far away. It's like we are right on the edge, ready for God to do it. And so what I want to encourage you this morning is that if it feels like the pain has increased, if it feels like the thing that you have been waiting for looks more impossible now than it did um, a month ago, I want to encourage you that that might mean that you're on the edge, that God is in the middle of that. Just like with labor, that part being the most painful, that that can be a sign that you are, you can have hope for what God is about to do. And the other thing that you might be experiencing is an acceleration. Things might be speeding up, things might be starting to happen that you thought might take a couple of years. It might take six months from now, but you're seeing it happen really fast and it's overwhelming. And it might be a combination of both of those things that you are currently experiencing just in your circumstances and around you. And so this morning, I I wanted to look at how do we steward that moment? You know, we can feel that God is up to something through the worship, through our services. It feels like, like what we talk about, the temperature feels like it's going up. His presence is easier for us to experience now than it has been. There's something that he is doing. So how do we steward this moment on the edge, this breath before it feels like we're in this new season? And so Jairus is someone in the Bible that I love his story, but he has really helped me to try and um, figure out some of this stuff, how I um, process and steward this moment of God doing something new. And so we're going to look at Luke 8, verses 40 to 56. I'm looking at it in the Passion Translation, so it might not be as easy to follow if you've got your own Bible, but we've got the verses on the screen there. So when Jesus returned to Galilee, the crowds were overjoyed, for they had been waiting for him to arrive. Just then, a man named Jairus, the leader of the local Jewish congregation, fell before Jesus' feet. He desperately begged him to come and heal his 12-year-old daughter, his only child, because she was at the point of death. As Jesus started to go with him to his home to see her, a large crowd surrounded him. In the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered greatly for 12 years from slow bleeding. Even though she had spent all that she had on healers, she was still suffering. Pressing in through the crowd, she came behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his garment. Instantly, her bleeding stopped and she was healed. 
Jesus suddenly stopped and said to his disciples, someone touched me, who was it? While they all denied it, Peter pointed out, Master, everyone is touching you, trying to get close to you. The crowds are so thick, we can't walk through all these people without being jostled. Jesus replied, yes, but I felt power surge through me. Someone touched me to be healed and they received their healing. When the woman realized she couldn't hide any longer, she came and fell trembling at Jesus' feet. Before the entire crowd, she declared, I was desperate to touch you, Jesus, for I knew I could just touch even the fringe of your garment, I would be healed. Jesus responded, beloved daughter, your faith in me released your healing, and you may go with my peace. While Jesus was still speaking to the woman, someone came from Jairus' house and told him, there's no need to bother the master any further. Your daughter has passed away. She's gone. When Jesus heard this, he turned to Jairus and said, don't yield to your fear. Have faith in me and she will live again. When they arrived at the house, Jesus allowed only Peter, John and Jacob, along with the child's parents, to go inside. Jesus told those left outside who were sobbing and wailing with grief, stop crying, she is not dead, she's just asleep and must be awakened. They laughed at him, knowing for certain that she had died. Jesus approached the body, took the girl by her hand and called out with a loud voice, my sleeping child, awake, rise up. Instantly, her spirit returned to her body and she stood up. Jesus directed her stunned parents to give her something to eat and ordered them to tell no one what had just happened. The word of God has power. And I want to encourage some of you as you've listened to that story, something God has started to speak to you about something in your circumstances. And I want to encourage you, even if I don't speak to that specific thing that you're thinking of, I want to encourage you that God is speaking to you and he is going to lead you in that direction. So just trust him with what he's revealing to you and speaking to you. Um, And it might not come through confirmation of what I say, but that doesn't matter. Just keep allowing him to take you on that journey of what he is revealing through the scripture. Who remembers being a child and getting given biscuits or sweets from family members, friends? Everybody remember that happening? Yes? And everybody remember standing there terrified, then hoping against hope that the biscuits are going to last until it gets to you, or that there's going to be enough sweets that are there for us once it gets to us? Yes? Is that a real fear? I had that fear. But what our culture tells us, what we have grown up believing is once we, what we see in front of us, the biscuits, the sweets, whatever it is, once it is done, it's done. Whose parents said that? Once it's done, it's done. My mom always said that to me. I could have more, but once it was done, it was done. So we have grown up in our culture thinking that when we see things happen, when we see it happen for somebody else, that's it done. It's happened and that's all that there is. We often think with that mentality, someone gets the job, 
that's it, there's no more jobs. Someone gets whatever it is we're contending for, that's it, they got it, I didn't. I used to struggle with this a lot, even um, about 10 years ago. I was living in California, I was living a really wonderful life, but I looked at my friends at home who were all settling down, getting married, and I thought, I'm missing out on something. There's something that I'm not getting because they're getting it. This is something that we often have to wrestle with is that it means that there's less for us if somebody else gets it. And so I wonder when I watch Jairus in this moment, when he sees this woman get her breakthrough, what is his initial response in that moment? What is he feeling or thinking? Is he struggling the way that I would? Thinking that means there's nothing left for me, that actually that means that there's nothing that I can get because Jesus just did his miracle for the day? Or do we hear stories like Paul's and go, that means that it's available, that actually what the kingdom of heaven, what God tells us is actually that he is an infinite God. He is the creator of heaven and of earth. He is abundant beyond measure. Anything that we could ask, think, seek, or imagine, he wants to do above and beyond that. That is the kingdom of heaven reality that we have to actually train ourselves to partner with to see that reality rather than what our circumstances are trying to tell us. And I've had to work hard at that. I've had to try and push against what culture has told me means that there's nothing left and actually trust God that that actually means more is available. That people's stories, people's testimonies actually mean that my faith can rise because they show me that something is possible that I'm contending for. Something is available now that it wasn't available before. Actually, that thing feels closer than it did before because I can sense God's presence in it. I know that he is doing something in their circumstance, therefore I can trust him in that moment. The other thing I wonder, I, I love working with people like Tori and with Janet. And if you know those women, they are so encouraging. Like Tori this morning is walking around. She's saying, Steph, you're going to be amazing. You're going to be wonderful. She's just got this gift of positivity and encouragement. And it's so lovely to be around. But I am just not built like that at all. I am the person that walks into meetings and is looking at, how can I do it better? How can we do it better? How can we make it better for other people? How can we strategize and move forward in what God is saying? How can we step further in, deeper in, and just keep going? So I'm what they call a maximizer. Can anybody relate to that sort of? My, my confession this morning is that I am that member of staff, sorry staff members, I am that member of staff who will write an email, say exactly what I need, then I go back and I go, hi, how are you? How's your week going? Because that stuff doesn't come out of me naturally. That is not my first response in those moments when I'm writing an email. Whereas you get an email from Janet and it's got emoticons all over it and it's lovely and gushy. And I, I wonder in that moment when I'm reading about Jairus, what is his response when he gets stopped in that moment to deal with this other woman that's getting her miracle? It's his response to go, we're running out of time 
time we need to move on? How can we improve this process? How can I get rid of these people so that I can get to my daughter? Is he that or is he encouraged or is he able to stay present and be celebrating what God is doing in that moment and actually see that as the thing that he's supposed to be present with in that moment? And so for us, the challenge is we are in transition as we move into something new. We are going to see many people around us who are getting their breakthrough, who are getting their miracles. And we have a choice in that moment. Do we choose to actually see what God is doing, to see the reality that he is making available, to celebrate and encourage that person or choose disappointment that we didn't get ours yet? Because if they're getting their miracle, that just means that it is more available and we have to stay present. We want to stay present. I've had to work on that. It's not that I don't want to ask someone how their week is or how they're getting on. It's just that it's not my first response. And so I want to encourage you, if your first response is in those circumstances or even just in an email, is just to think of what's ahead and how to move forward. And it's not, or maybe it's disappointment. It's okay that that's your first response. It doesn't make you a bad person. But what we want to do with that, we don't want to sit on it. We actually want to give that over to God and allow him to give us hope back. Allow him to be our hope in the midst of that and be honest with him. Yeah, I feel a bit of disappointment. He can handle that. He can handle those negative things that we feel. And he wants us to give them over to him so that he can show us his hope. So that he can show us what he is making available in that moment. The woman um, gets healed and then Jairus moves on with Jesus. And then what happens is his circumstances get worse. This messenger comes from his house to say, don't worry, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter has died. Your circumstances no longer are just that she needs healed, but she has gone. There's no point in believing anymore. And so what Jesus says in that moment, Jesus says, do not yield to your fear. Have faith in me and she will live again. We often feel like we don't have choice but to just be overwhelmed by fear. We often feel like that's just the reality and that's what we have to deal with. But what Jesus is saying in this moment is, we have a choice. Don't yield to the fear that's a possibility, but choose faith in me. Choose to be in faith and hold on to your faith that is, that is available in that moment. So don't choose disappointment and discouragement, but choose to have hope and, sh and watch as God shows you how to choose. It is not something that we have to feel like we have no control over, but he actually gives us the freedom to step into faith with him in those moments. As they go along, then they get to the house and Jairus gets to the house and there's all of these um, grievers or mourners. There, there's a, a culture in Jewish culture then, there would have been this tradition of bringing in almost like professional mourners who would come in and they would um, just show or help people grieve the process of this person who has passed away in that moment. They, they would help to do that. And so what Jesus does is he kicks them out. He says, you have to get out of the house. And what he does is he takes only three of his disciples plus the mother and father into the room. 
You see, what he knew in that moment was that actually the people that needed to be in the room were people with faith for the circumstances that he was stepping into. He needed to know that the people he was bringing with him, he could trust with what was about to happen, that they would have the faith to believe with him. I remember being in um, South Africa a, a decade ago, it was a long, long time ago, um, and we were praying, I was on a mission trip, and we were praying for people at a youth service, and it's interesting that Joel shared that story for young people in the room this morning, but we were doing the same thing. We were praying for freedom. We were praying for them to um, just experience God's presence. And as we got to the end of the service, there was a little girl who um, needed freedom from stuff, some stuff in her life. And our pastor was praying for her in the main room. And all the team, we were tired. We'd gone into the other room to rest. Um, but my pastor asked me and another girl to come back in. Well, I was so excited. I was like, yes, I'm going to get to see freedom. Yes, I'm so so excited. So I went running gun-ho into that room, ready to pray and declare and to pray, pray my best prayers. And Healy, my pastor, just did this. Stop. And she just went, go. And I was like, oh, I felt so gutted. But what I realized was I had made that moment about what I could get out of it. And what she didn't need in that moment was me trying to see something exciting or fun. She needed people there that could speak faith and speak hope over this little girl. And so she told us to go. And she did the right thing because there needed to be an atmosphere for that girl to get freedom. There needed to be people in the room who could declare that freedom over, the, over that little girl. And so I want to encourage you this morning, who are you allowing to speak into your circumstances right now? And hear me on this. I think there's wisdom in having voices in our life that are voices of encouragement and voices of critique and helping us to develop. If you've got one or other of those and none of the other ones, so if, if you've got lots of voices of criticism but no encouragement or you've got lots of voices of encouragement and no criticism, neither of them is healthy. We want to have balance in our life. So I'm not talking about cutting people out. What I'm talking about is what we're focusing on. What is driving our faith? Are we reminding ourselves of the words that God has spoken over us? Are we focusing our attention on where we can get faith? Are we putting ourselves, I know preaching to the choir, but are we putting ourselves in environments on Sundays during the week where we can be encouraged by other people that have faith for the thing that we're contending for? How are we positioning ourselves and what are we allowing to speak into our lives? What voices are we allowing our, ourselves to pay attention to? We want to be aware of that just the same way that Jesus is. And so the overarching thing that I see in this story the thing that stands out to me more than anything else is this, the power of Jesus in it. It's Jairus goes to Jesus and he asks him for something. And then Jesus goes with him. And Jesus goes with him all the way through the process, all the way through the disappointment, all the way through the potential fear that he could partner with, all the way through someone else getting their miracle, all the way to the point where the miracle happens. Jesus is in every part of the story. And back in verse 40, at the beginning of this story, 
What it says is when Jesus returned to Galilee, the crowds were overjoyed for they had been waiting for him to arrive. You see, in those days, they had to go find Jesus. They had to go change their schedule, stop work, go find him in wherever he was and position themselves. They waited on the sides of lakes. He couldn't get away from them because they were just constantly trying to find him. But because of what Jesus has done on the cross, because of what he gave his life for, for us to step into relationship with God, what he made available is that we no longer have to wait for him to show up because he is available in every single moment, in every place of disappointment, in every place where we get that phone call in the middle of the night and we don't know who to call or who to wake up. Jesus is right there in the middle of that circumstance. We don't need to wrestle and figure out who is the person we need in that moment because he is available and right there saying, I am with you. I am here. And we have to be reminded of that. We have to be practicing his presence. We have to be becoming aware. You know, it's sometimes we get exhausted with hearing what it feels like to, to experience God's presence or what when we start to try and put language around how that might feel for you. But we have to keep practicing it. We have to keep reminding ourselves of what his presence can feel like because in those moments when fear is rising, when anxiety is overwhelming, whenever everything feels like it's going wrong or you don't know which decision to make first, we need to know that we can stop, be still, and know that he is right there with us. We have to train ourselves just the same way we have to I have to train myself to think of encouragement first. We all have to train ourselves, remind ourselves that he is available whenever we need him, that he doesn't leave us. He's never gone. He never forsakes us, that he is right there available for every circumstance. And so I'm going to encourage you, if you're able to this morning, if you could stand and I'm going to pray for us. We're going to practice what does it feel like for me to experience the presence of God? Because for every single person in this room, it's going to be completely different. And if this feels scary or new to you, I want to encourage you. I was thinking this week about, you know, we can be friends with people for a really, really long time. And then we see them like around other friends or we see them in a work environment and suddenly we go oh, I've never seen that part of your personality before. That's, that's different, that's new. And it's just another part of who they are that we've never seen because we've never been in that circumstance with them. And so this morning, the Holy Spirit, if that is new to you, if that is something that you've never encountered before, I just wanna encourage you that it's just another part of who God is that he wants to reveal to you. And just in the same way that you have found him kind, good, loving, that is how he will reveal his presence in this moment. He doesn't wanna scare anyone. He doesn't want to raise your anxiety. He certainly doesn't want to embarrass you or make you feel exposed. Often what we think when we come into these moments is that, oh goodness, I'm going to shake and fall on the floor or something crazy might happen to me. 
But the Holy Spirit is so gentle. He will never do anything. He will never put you in a position where you feel unsafe or where you feel exposed because that's how good he is. That's how kind he is. And sometimes he does those things because he can see a surrendered heart that is fully okay with that happening. And so if you see that around you, that is just them experiencing the Holy Spirit in a new way and a new freedom that they are are encountering in that moment. So if you can close your eyes for me, and if you want to encounter the Holy Spirit this morning, I'm just going to ask you to pop your hands out in front of you. Come, Holy Spirit, would you increase our awareness of you in this moment? Just as we have encountered you throughout this service, Come and have your way. If you're at home, I want to encourage you to stand as well. You can encounter God wherever you are. And we're going to, I want us to go into a time of worship in a little minute. But before we do, I wanted us to practice how to do this because this is what it's like in our everyday. We don't have a worship team that we're ready to strike up a chord whenever we're standing at the kettle and work. We just have us. And it feels awkward. but just let him show you what his experience, what his encounter feels like for you. It might just be that you feel nothing, but suddenly your eyes being on Jesus make everything else seem smaller. For others, you will feel a peace or a tangible um, experience of his presence. It might feel like tingling in your hands. That might be going on right now. You might feel just a weight in your hands. Or like me, you might cry. It's just him revealing himself. You can keep engaging in this moment. I want to encourage you to keep receiving what it is that God is doing and wanting to make available to you right now. As I was preparing this week, you can keep, keep going, keep doing what you're doing. But I felt like for some people, you haven't stepped into that relationship with Jesus yet. And circumstances have got so bad, so horrible, that it feels like you're forced to make a decision to follow Jesus. But there's a real authenticity about who you are as a person that doesn't want to make that decision because of 
bad circumstances, you want to be able to say yes. And so you've started to maybe feel some guilt or shame around trying to start explore a relationship with Jesus. And what I felt this morning that God wanted to say is that that is not from him. Guilt or shame are not a part of who God is. Therefore, he is not putting you under that this morning. He is there. He is available. And he just wants to start relationship with you whenever you are ready. There is no pressure on when that is or what that looks like. He is just available. He is right there with you in the middle of it all. And you may not know Jesus yet, and that doesn't make sense to you, but he still is saying, I want to start a relationship with you this morning. This is not just for one person. He is available for every single one of us. And so I want to give you that opportunity while every eye is closed in here. If you would like to say yes to Jesus for maybe the first time, I would just love to pray for you. So all I would ask is that you pop your hand in the air just so that I know who I'm praying for. If nobody puts their hand up, that's okay, I'll move on. But I would love to be able to pray for you if you would like to say yes to Jesus. So if, you, if that's you, you want to raise your hand in this moment. Thank you, see you. Is there anybody else? Thank you, I see you. Anyone else? Thank you. All right. Father, we thank you for these two precious people that are starting a relationship with you this morning. Lord, we want to pray blessing and abundance upon them. We want to pray your favor upon them, that your presence right now would come and be on them, that they would encounter you afresh and that your Holy Spirit would just go with them today as they have made that beginning, that start of that journey with you today. Maybe for some of you, you want to actually rededicate, that actually you've made a decision in a past season, but you've walked away on that and you know you have and you're ready to actually say, I'm all in again and I want to start making that yes again in my life. If that is you, I would love to pray for you as well. So I'm just going to ask again, every eye is closed. I would just love to pray for you if you want to raise your hand. If there's anyone that's in that, thank you see you. Thank you. See you. Thank you. See you. Yeah, so Holy Spirit, we thank you. Thank you for what you're doing, for the recommitment to their yes to you, for what you're doing in their life and what you're revealing in them. Yeah, Holy Spirit, would you come? Any guilt or shame that has tried to um, dog their steps as they have made that recommitment to you, we break it off right now and we pray for a full healing from that, but also just freedom this morning. Freedom come. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So I'm going to invite the worship team at this point. They're going to come. There's a song that they practiced, rehearsed this morning and nothing else it's called. And the presence of God was just so tangible in that moment that 
I just, I couldn't pass by the opportunity for us to sing it together, to be able to position ourselves on this threshold moment to encounter his presence, but also remind ourselves together as one community that he is Lord of all, that he is the ultimate. There is nothing else that we need in our lives other than Jesus. So Joel's going to lead us in that song. Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. For more information, resources, and opportunities, you can check us out at cosmicoastvineyard.com.